Welcome to New Community Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to hear today's message. We are encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share or a prayer request for our prayer team, please email us at connect at newcommunity.co. Now please prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, good morning, church. I hope you guys are doing good. If you're new around here, maybe it's your first time or you've come the past few Sundays and I haven't had a chance to meet you My name is Aaron, and I am the lead pastor here at NCC, and we want to say happy Valentine's Day. So hopefully you guys have had a great morning so far, and we wanted to do something fun and special here to kind of celebrate with you on Valentine's Day, and guys, we're going to help you out. This could be a shortcut for one lucky guy in the room, okay, Um, for your spouse, but we wanted to do a date night giveaway, and so you guys may have seen online this week, we asked you guys to go online and to post a photo with you and your Valentine, okay? A photo with you and your Valentine. And we saw some great pictures on there, um, um, great date nights. We have some amazing-looking couples, a date night at the gun range. So that was pretty funny to see. And, uh, man, that's how couples bond, I guess. Just don't shoot each other, okay? Um, And then, you know, dinners and movies and all of that other stuff. And so it was great. And so we took all of those photos. If you didn't see them, want to encourage you to go to Facebook and just look, um, NCC, let's go. And a lot of them were tagged like that. And you can look at some of the photos of the great couples in the church. And we took one of those, and we're doing a giveaway this morning. So we just randomly picked from those couples. And our couple this morning is, I'm looking for them in the room. Oh, Aaron Castellanos, right there. Normally, you guys sit over here. So Aaron, you want to come grab this? We have um, some chocolates, some candy and everything, a dinner and a movie for you and Debbie. You guys, they have been Valentine since 13 years old, 14, 13 years old, okay? So um, great couple in our church, so happy Valentine's Day to you guys. And I, I want to take a moment as we're talking about this and celebrating this, you know, we do things like this because we are a church that believes in strong marriages and strong relationships. We believe that as a church on a day that we talk about Valentine's Day and love and romance and all of those things, that the church should be a picture of what that is. And I was in this room earlier this week, and I was praying for marriages, and I was praying for couples, and God stopped me right in my tracks. And I felt this challenge in my heart that I want to just take a quick moment, and I want to share with you what I felt like God was challenging. Earlier this week on Wednesday night, I spoke to the students in this room, and we were talking about love. We were talking about relationships. And I shared with them the sad truth is we're coming up on Valentine's Day, and on a day like this, Many people in the world don't even understand what love is. They believe that what they see on TV is love or what they hear on the radio station and all of those things. And in the world's view, love is really all about sex. It's about what you can get from someone, not what you can give to someone. But I believe in the church, we should be a true picture of what love is, of what healthy relationships are, of what strong marriages are. And that's what the church should look like. And I felt like God challenging me. And so I was walking around this room. I was walking in between the chairs. And I was calling out many of you guys by name. Some of you that I know you're in a dating relationship or you're engaged or you're married. And I was praying for you that God would bless you with that love in your life. That God would strengthen those marriages. That he would strengthen that health in your relationship. Because that's what we should be as the church. And I want to challenge you. I felt like God placed this challenge on my heart. And I want to... Quickly share it with you that if you are a guy in the room, you should be the spiritual leader in that relationship. 
You should be that picture of Jesus, of laying down your life, of loving your wife. That means you're not flirting with other women. That means that you're not looking at other women. You're not having sex or sexual activity with other women because you are called to love your spouse or love that person that God has placed in your life and to honor them. Women, that means that you're not flirting with other guys. You're not becoming emotionally attached to other guys than that person that God has placed in your life. You're not giving them the affection that only that your spouse deserves because you've been called to love that person that God has placed in your life. That means for all of us in this room, because we understand what love is and we see it in the Bible, we're not looking at pornography. We're not looking at other people having sex because that devalues them as an individual and it's not a picture of God's love. That means that if we're not married, we're not involved in sexual activity. We're not believing the lie of the enemy that that's what love really is. No, we're staying true and pure to what God's designed for love and for marriage is. You guys, this is the picture of what the church should be. We should be an example to the world around us that is confused, that is believed a lie of what love is. We should be that picture of what true love is in our lives and in our relationships. And so I want to pray for you this morning. Because I want us to be that kind of church that honors marriage, that honors love, that is that picture to the world that is looking for what true love is. And so I want to pray that we would be that this morning. And I'm going to ask if you're in this room and you have the privilege of sitting next to your significant other, maybe just take them by the hand as we pray this morning. And let's just pray for strong marriages. If you're in this room and you're single at this point, you're involved in this too. Because there are other people in this church that the enemy is attacking He's trying to destroy their marriage. He's trying to destroy their relationship. He's bringing in strife, and that's what the enemy wants to do. And we as a church, whether we're married or not, should be praying for other people that are a part of this local body that God would bless us with healthy marriages and strong relationships. Church, let's pray together this morning. God, this morning, we're celebrating love, Lord. And God, we're rejoicing together at God, this idea that you bring a man and a woman together, God, and that, Lord, you place your blessing on those relationships. And I pray this morning, Lord, my heart breaks when I see marriages that are struggling, Lord, or marriages that are falling apart. And this morning, I'm praying for your blessing over this church. God, I'm praying for your blessing in relationships. God, I'm praying that we would honor each other and we would love each other in the way that you're calling us to do that, that we would be a picture to the world around us that needs to see strong marriages, that needs to see strong, healthy relationships, God, that we would be that image to people around us, God. Help us to be that kind of church, Lord. Let us represent your love, Lord, in a special way, God, in a biblical way, and we pray this in your name. Amen. Well, we are in the last week, the fifth week of this series called Let's Go, and every single week we've been talking about what God is challenging us with to take the the call of God, the messages that he's been speaking to us, and to put it into action, to do something with that. And we've shared every week, this series came out of um, the heart of this verse in the book of Joshua, where God is speaking to his people through this leader named Joshua. And he says to them, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow I am going to do amazing things in your midst. And we believe that, that this year, in the upcoming years, that God is going to do amazing things here at New Community Church that God is going to use us to reach our city, to impact the surrounding areas. We believe that, but we believe that with that, we have to put our faith into action, that we're required to do something with that. And so every week we've had that challenge together as a church, that we're going to hear God's word, we're going to hear a message, and then we're going to put that into practice in that week 
um, in your families, in your workplace, in your communities, at school, everywhere that you go, that you would be living out what it means to put our faith into action. And so we've talked about making disciples. We've talked about impacting our community, serving others. Last week, we talked about building friendships. And so we're going to do what we've done every week in this series. I'm going to ask you to take out this card right here in front of you. It says, let's go on it. And whether you were here last week or not, you can participate um, in this with us. Last week, we talked about building friendship, bu- building friendships, and we had a few action items. So here's what we asked you to do. We asked you to meet someone new in the church and to take them out, share a meal with them, lunch or dinner, get together, and start to build that relationship to help other people grow. We talked about connecting with a friend. We said, hey, text someone, get on the phone, just catch up with them, find out how they're doing, pray for them, encourage them. And then the third thing was we asked you to join or start an NCC group because we believe, as we said last week, Spencer mentioned it, we're not called just to sit in rows together. We're called to be in circles together with each other as well and to look into each other's eyes and, and encourage each other, challenge one another, help, help um, each other grow. And so that's our desire. And so we're going to pause for a moment. I've got my card up here. I'm going to take a few moments and I want you to write down, how did you go this week? What did you do to put this message of building friendships into action? And like I said, even if you weren't here last week, you can do this. You can write on that card something God is challenging you to do or something that maybe you did, even though you didn't know the message, you did it this past week of connecting with others and building friendships. So let's take a moment. I want you to write down those things of how God challenged you to put your faith into action. So if you're still writing, you can continue to do that. And at the end of service, you're going to take this card. We're going to drop it um, in the orange bucket at the back. And our goal is that at the end of this series, so as we're finishing this up, we're going to email everyone that put in a card every week that you put in a card and just say, hey, here's what you've done over the past few weeks. Here's how you've put your faith into action that we would see, God, you're helping us to move. We're seeing growth in making disciples. We're seeing growth in community impact and in all of these different areas into the vision that God is calling us um, to be a part of and where God is calling us together as a church to do. And so we're going to continue that. Today we're going to look at God's vision and what he wants to speak to us about giving generously. Let's go give generously. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, as I mentioned that word, give generously, there may be a few thoughts that come to your mind. For some of you, you may think about um, putting money in the offering at the church, at this church. Whenever you come here, you may think about giving to a nonprofit. You may think about at Christmas time, giving to the Salvation Army or something like that. That's a part of being generous. That's a, kind of a picture of that, but it goes beyond that. See, generosity just doesn't have to do with what you give financially. It has to do with every part of your life. And that's what God is calling us to when we're talking about giving generously. We're not just talking about money. We're talking about everything in your life. Can we as a church, can we live generously in everything that, of who we are and everything that God has given us? So what does that mean? It means that in your time, you're called to live generously. 
You're called to give of your time in a way that serves other people, not just for yourself, not just for what you have. I hear so many people as we talk about serving in these different things. Hey, but I'm so busy. I just don't have time. I'm just overwhelmed. And you guys, we all have the same 168 hours in our week. No one has more. No one has less. All of you have that. And if we're called to be generous in every part of our life, that means in our time, we're called to serve others, to give of others, to invest in others' lives. We're called to be generous in the gifts and the talents that God has given you. We've talked about that. God has placed unique talents and gifts in your life that are special to you that other people don't have. And the dangerous thing is you can live selfishly. You can just take those and either hide them or just use them for yourself. And God said, hey, I've placed those in your life because I want you to reach out to other people. I want you to use what I've placed in your life to minister to others, to build my kingdom, to invest into the life of others. And so if you're talking about giving generously, it's not just what you put in the offering plate here at church. It's not just what you give to a charity or nonprofit. See, it's every part of your life recognizing, God, you've called me to give everything that I am. At any moment, Lord, you have the right to ask of me to give something, Lord, and I want to be generous. I want to respond in obedience. And so that's what we're talking about this morning, that every part of our life we're called to give generously to what God is asking of us. See, to be generous means this. It means that at any moment that you are ready and you are available to give above and beyond what's expected or what's necessary. At any moment, you're available and you're ready to give above and beyond what's expected or what is necessary. That's what it means to be generous. And really, we as a church, we should be the embodiment of that. We should be the picture of that to the world around us. People should describe us like that. But so many times, that's not how we are. But that's what Christ is calling us to. He's calling us to leave our selfishness behind, our desires, our personal wants in to sacrifice, to give to others. And if we need a picture of that, if we need to know what that looks like, we don't need to look any further than one of the most popular verses in the Bible, John 3.16. Probably almost all of you guys, you could quote it or, or at least talk about what it means or part of what it says. In John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he did what he gave. He gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. See, God is this picture of generosity. God is this picture of what it means to go above and beyond what's necessary or what's expected to give of himself to us. And so if we're looking for a reason, if we need motivation, we simply have to look to the cross and what Christ did in your life and in my life. Because if we're to be honest, we're messed up and we're broken people. As I said, we're selfish people and our sin separated us from God. Your sin and my sin broke our relationship with God and we were separated from him. And the sad truth is we could do nothing about that on our own. There's nothing you can do. You can't be good enough. You can't try to make it up on your own. We're broken and we deserve death. And what does God do in his character, in who he is, in his nature? He's generous. He gives of himself. He gives of himself, church. He went to the cross. No one took his life. He freely laid it down and he gave of himself so that you and I could know the generosity of God. When we couldn't do anything on our own, God was that picture of generosity and he gave of himself for you and for me so that our relationship with him could be restored. And this calling to be generous, 
to go and to give generously is this calling to reflect Christ. It's a calling to be a picture of who Jesus was and what God did in each of our lives of what he called us to and what he did that we would represent that and we would be a picture of that to the world around us. See, that's why we need to understand this vision of what it means to be a generous people. That's why we as a church should strive to do that in every area of our life. Why? Because it's the picture of who God is. It's what we see in his nature. It's what we see in his character. So if you were to look at your life, are you a generous person? Now, you don't have to answer out loud because I'll be honest, there's lots of times where I don't want to be generous. There's times where I've received the generosity of other people, and I really like those moments. And as I was thinking about this message, I thought about, man, the last time I was really overwhelmed by generosity, it was just over two years ago, right before we came to New Community Church. It was our last Sunday at the Oaks Fellowship, and our lead pastor, Scott Wilson, brought us up on stage, and I assumed he was going to pray over us, and they were going to clap their hands and send us off. But they overwhelmed us on that stage. They gave us a brand new NV3500 Nissan 12-passenger vehicle. Now, when you have eight kids, you need something like that, okay? Because we were going too many vans everywhere we went because we couldn't fit together. And this church that had loved us for the past five years, that had supported us, believed in us, worked with us to impact the community, that day blessed us in a way that was not expected, that wasn't necessary, that went way beyond anything that we could have asked for just to show their love. Why? Because the church is supposed to be this picture of generosity. Because we're supposed to be that in each other's life. We're supposed to be that picture of Christ. And that's what God is calling us to. Now, I need to be honest. I've not always in those moments, and you can probably think of moments where God's challenged you with that, and, and you've not done that. I remember early in Sarah and my marriage, like when we started off, we just prayed this simple prayer. God, everything that we have is yours. And we meant it. And at that point, we didn't have a lot, you guys. We had this tiny apartment in Waxahachie. We had an army bag for a couch, and we had boxes for a dining room table. But we said, God, it's all yours. Everything that we have, God, our car, our finances, everything is yours. And God's taken us up on that offer. He's challenged us to be generous in ways that I wouldn't have seen. With students living with us, we've had so many students and college-age students living with us. When we first moved to Texas, we got a phone call from a single mom. She said, my husband just kicked me out. She had two kids. She said, I have nowhere to go. And I felt like doing the Christian thing that probably all of us have been tempted to do. Hey, let me pray for you right now. And I just felt like God said, no, you're the answer to this prayer, Aaron. We didn't have a large house. We already had a college student living with us. We already have lots of kids. But we said, God, if there's anything we can do, we've prayed. God, everything that we have is yours. Nothing is our own, God. And so if that's what you're calling us to, then let us be a picture of your generosity. And so time after time, God said, is it really mine, Aaron? Your car, is it really mine? When I've wanted to sell a car and God said, give it away just to someone in need, he's asking me that question, is it really mine or are you still trying to hold on to it, Aaron? And I'm like you. I don't want you to think, man, is Aaron up there bragging? No, I'm a selfish person. I'm just like you. But I'm praying this prayer, God, Make me generous. God, help me to look less and less like myself, where I want things for my own way. I don't want people crowding my space. I don't want my house to be that full. God, take away those desires and help me live just like you want me to live. 
God, help me to be generous just like you've been generous in my life. God, help me to sacrifice and give of myself just the way that you've done that in my own life. And I'm just like you guys. It's not always easy. It's not always convenient. But it's the call that we have as the church. Why? Because we're called to reflect God. We're called to reflect our Savior in what he did of giving of himself. Now, I want you to hear me this morning. I'm not telling all of you to open up your houses. I'm not telling all of you to give away your cars. I don't know what it looks like in your life. But you better be doing something, church. It may not look exactly like what it's looked like for me, but you had better be doing something in giving of yourself, of being generous to those around you, of being that picture of God's love and of his generous heart to those that he has placed in your life. And when he speaks to you, you need to be ready. You need to be available to go above and beyond what's expected and what's necessary to meet the needs of those around you because God has called us as the church to be generous and to give of ourselves. And I want to look at another example of this in the Bible, what it looks like and what it costs to be generous. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Samuel chapter 24. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. There should be a Bible in the seat in front of you or maybe one or two seats over. And in that Bible, it's on page 178. 178. 2 Samuel chapter 24. And let me give you a quick overview in case you're not familiar with the book of Samuel. There's 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. And it talks about the life of a couple of kings, King Saul and King David. And at this part, we're at the end of the story kind of of King David, the end of his life. And God's established him. God said, David's a man after my own heart. This is someone that I love, and he's blessed David. David's fought many enemies, and he's established God's people in the nation of Israel at that time. And as David comes to the end of his life, we see this in chapter 4. David starts to look around, and he's like, God, I've got quite a bit of stuff. And God, I've got quite a bit of people in this nation, and we're a pretty strong military might. And he begins to do a census. He begins to take account of everything that he's accomplished and all of the people in the land. And God warns him, David, there's something wrong with your heart in this situation. But David feels like, I need to really find out what it is that I have. And if someone attacks, how strong am I? How strong is our military? And God said, be careful, David. It's not really yours. This isn't about your provision. This is about trusting in me. This is about trusting in who I am. I'm the one that's really over all of this. And David disobeys like you do at times, like I do at times, and he does his own thing. And so he begins to count all of Israel, begins to count all of the people, everything that they have, all of the military, and God's anger burns against the nation and against King David. And God says, I'm going to send this plague. David, all of a sudden, his heart is broken, and he realizes what he has done is wrong, and he begins to cry out in repentance, and God hears David's prayer, and this is what happens in 2 Samuel chapter 24, starting at verse 18. And Gad came that day to David, and he said to him, Gad was a prophet of the Lord, and he said to him, Go up, raise an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Aranu, the Jebusite. So David went up at Gad's word, and as the Lord commanded, and when Aranu looked down, he saw the king and his servants coming towards him. And he went out and he paid homage to the king with his face to the ground. And he said, why has my lord the king come to his servant? And David said to buy the threshing floor from you in order to build an altar to the Lord 
and that the plague may be averted from the people. And Aranu said to David, let my lord the king take and offer up what seems good to him. Here is an oxen for the burnt offering. Here's the threshing sledges and the yokes of the oxen for the wood. All of this, O king, I give to you. And Aranu said to the king, may the Lord your God accept this offering. But the king said to him, no, but I will buy it from you for a price. If you have your Bibles, I want you to underline this right here. or Your smartphones highlight this. This is David's response. I'll buy it from you. I will not offer a burnt offering to the Lord my God that costs me nothing. I will not offer a burnt offering to the Lord my God that costs me nothing. So David brought, bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord responded to the plea for the land and the plague was averted from Israel. What's going on there? David's giving. He realizes his mistake and he wants to worship God. He wants to give to God an offering, these burnt offerings of these animals, these sacrifices to say, God, I realize what I've done is wrong and I want to make it right, God. I want to humble myself before you and I want to worship you. And this temptation comes in David's life to offer something to God that doesn't really cost him anything. This person in David's kingdom says, oh, you're the king. Let me just give this to you. I'll just give you the threshing floor. I'll just give you this oxen. I'll just give you all of these things. I'll give you wood for the offering. And David, you can offer this as worship. But David realized that's not true worship. See, sacrifice in the very nature of the word means that it's going to cost you something. It's going to require something of you. And David knew that if he wanted to reflect God's heart of generosity, God's heart of offering and worship and really honor God in this moment, that it was going to cost him something for what he was giving to God. And so he says that I'm not going to give to God something that doesn't really require anything of me. I want it to require something of me so that God knows my heart and worship. God knows what I'm doing. And church, we need to understand that same principle in generously giving to God in worship in everything that we do. This is an act of worship as we generously give. And we need to understand what David understood. And that is, I will not give a gift that costs me nothing. God, I will not give a gift that costs me nothing. Lord, if it's really about being generous, if this is really about worship and reflecting who you are, it's going to cost me something at some moments in my life. It's going to require something of me at different times in my life. It is not easy to follow God and to worship God in this way. It's going to cost you something. And as I mentioned before so many times, we're selfish people. We want it our own way. We want things that are ours and we want to control them. We want to maintain them. Like David, we make that mistakes and we, we assume that we're trusting in what we've accumulated and what we've got. Look, God, look how much I have. Look what I've worked for. Look what I've done. And God is speaking to us just like he spoke to David. Be careful. Be careful of that heart. It's all mine. I'm the one who provides. And so when we look at that, it's all God's. We should reflect his heart of generosity in what he is doing. See, David knew that. And he said, God, if this is true worship, then it's going to require something of me. In church, we should have that same attitude in every area of our life. We should reflect that in every area of our life. That as we come in this place, as we worship together, 
as we sing these songs, as we enjoy the music, as we listen to the message, as God challenges and changes our hearts, we should be willing to give. We should be willing to give. Why? Because this is part of our worship. And at times it's going to cost us something. God has said that we should give generously of what God has asked of us. We see this all throughout the scripture that God loves this kind of person, this generous giver, the person that reflects his heart in that. I'm not going to ask you to turn there right now, but you can look later. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul's talking to the church in Corinth. And he says this, God loves a cheerful giver. Don't give out of compulsion. Don't give because it's an obligation, but give joyfully. In Mark, in the book of Mark, Jesus is talking with his disciples in Mark chapter 12, and he's there in the temple with this crowd of people, and they're walking by, and they're dropping money in. Some people are giving $10, $100, thousands of dollars. And Jesus sees this widow come by, and she drops in a few coins. And he turns to his disciples, and he said, she just gave more than anyone. And the disciples are scratching their head, probably like I would have done, and said, that doesn't make sense. She just dropped in a few coins. And he said, Jesus says, you know what? Everyone else gave out of their abundance. They all had a lot. That was all that she had left. And she offered it to God in worship. And that's what it means to give generously above what's expected, above what's necessary, that we give even out of our need at times because it's an act of worship to God, because it reflects the heart of our creator who gave to us. And so we want to reflect that to other people that God has placed in our life. So the question is, are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to give? For some of you, it's not just your finances. It's not just dropping some money in the offering plate. It's what God has placed in your life. See, for some of you, it's time that you start giving the prayer life that you have, the experience that you have, the spiritual discipline that you have of reading God's word, and someone else is waiting for that. Someone else in this church, they're not as far along in the journey as you are, and instead of just keeping that from yourself, you need to give that generously. You need to start asking people, hey, how can I pray for you? How can I give part of my prayer time for a need in your life, for what's going on inside of you? for what's taking place in your heart. Hey, this is what God spoke to me. How can I give that to other people? Hey, I had this gift. I had this talent. How can I not just use that for myself, but how can I use that to make an impact for God's kingdom? See, we're called to give generously in every part of our life to have that heart like David. I'm going to give and it may cost me something, but I'm going to reflect the heart of my creator. And that's the kind of church that God's calling us to be. I truly believe this. I'm praying for this, God. Don't ever let ministry be limited because we don't have the finances as the church to do what you've called us to do. God, don't ever let people miss out on growing because there's people in this church or we would sit in this church and our Christianity would just be about us and we wouldn't give generously of our walk with Christ to other people. God, don't let us be that kind of church. Lord, help us in every area of our life with our time, with our talent, with everything that we are, God, that we would give, that we would open up our lives and say, God, it's really not about us. We didn't do any of this on our own, Lord. God, it's really about you. And so, Whatever you ask, God, I'm ready. I'm available, God, to give above what's necessary or to give above what's expected, Lord, to make an impact for your kingdom. Church, this is who 
Christ is calling us to be. This is what he's calling us to. This is the vision that God has given us. And we've been talking about that all throughout this series that God would challenge us to put our faith into action, to do something with what it is that he's speaking to us in every area. And so in a few moments, we're going to respond. We've mentioned this a few times this morning. We're going to respond with a special offering. This is above the ties. This is above what we normally give. We want to invest in the vision that God is calling us towards as a church. And so that's one of our action items this week is that you would give an offering to say, God, I'm all in for what you're asking our church to do and that you would find a way to bless someone else. Could be someone at school that sits across from you at the cafeteria or in one of your classes. It could be a coworker that you know has a need. It doesn't have to be financial. Maybe it's something that you could do. Maybe it's preparing a meal for a couple that just had a baby. And you're just saying, I can give a little bit of my time. I can give something to bless them in their life. See, church, we're calling. We're being called by God to do what he's moving our church towards. And so what does that look like? We talked about it all throughout this series. We are called to be a church that makes disciples. This isn't just about us. And so when we give in a few minutes, it's investing in God's kingdom. We want to look at how do we continue to expand this place? How do we, God, make this facility larger so that we can reach more people? Not just so we have a better looking building. Not just so that we have more room or more parking spaces. No, God, we feel this call to make disciples to see other people grow in their relationship with you. And so we want to give towards that. We want to give to impact our community I mentioned it a number of weeks ago when we talked about that. We want to be all in with the schools and what they're talking about, about altering the third grade reading level of students in Mesquite, of giving them a chance at a hope and a future and a better job. And we as a church want to partner with our community to do that, to partner with our schools to make a difference. We're doing that again this year with the back to school fair. We want to let our community know we're here. We're willing to invest in you, in serving others, in building friendships, you may not know this, but this week on Wednesday night, there were over 30 women packed in a small classroom upstairs. There was no more room. And we do things like that because we're passionate about growing people. We believe that we should be there, like we talked about last week, to encourage each other, to challenge each other. We need more classroom space. What we have right now isn't enough. And we believe God has called us to make disciples. And so we're going to give and say, God, we're a part of this vision. We're a part of what you called us to as a church. We want to do that. This is who God has called us to be, and we believe that he has greater things in the future. We believe that we're going to see in even greater ways this church, our church, live out the vision of making people and places new. And I want to pray for us this morning. I'm going to ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes. And I just want to ask for this first response this morning. You may be here this morning, and as I've been talking about how God has been that picture of generosity, maybe you've never accepted that gift in your own life. Maybe you've never received that for yourself. And this morning, you're ready to do that. The word of God is very clear that we've all sinned. We've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. We can't fix ourselves on our own. But God has given himself. On the cross, he offers forgiveness, his love to cover our sins, his grace to cover our mistakes and invites us into a new relationship with him. And if you're in this room and you've not accepted that gift or maybe you've walked away from God, but this morning 
you're saying, I want that for my life. If that's you right now, with no one looking around, would you stand up, get out of your seat, and come forward to this altar? I want to pray for you. Anyone at all? Don't miss this opportunity. If God is speaking to your heart, if he's tugging at your heart, respond this morning. He's inviting you. This is a God who loves you, who has given generously of himself so that each of us could know what it means to be in a relationship with him. Oh, wait, just one more moment. Well, if there's no one in the room that's in that situation, church, I'm going to ask if you would look at me. This morning, I'm going to ask that you would get ready to give for the vision of this church. This offering that's given, it's going to be a special offering to help us advance in the things that God is calling us towards. To look at how do we continue to get more classrooms? How do we build this thing bigger? How do we reach more people in our community? How do we do all of those things that God is calling us to? To go and to make an impact and to make a difference and see people and places made new. And so we're going to invest in that. We're going to give towards that this morning. I'm going to ask our ushers that are coming and helping us if they would make their way forward as we prepare to give. And as you're giving this morning, it's not just dropping some money in this. It's you saying, God, I'm a part of this. Sarah and I have talked and we've been praying. We're excited about this. We're going to be the first ones and we're giving the largest offering that we've ever given to New Community Church. And I say that not, not so that you can see what I'm doing, but because I want you to know that I believe in this. That as the pastor, I believe what God is calling us to. And I want to be one of the first ones that says, God, I'm in. I'm in with what you're speaking over our church. God, I'm in on seeing lives changed and transformed. God, I believe in what you're speaking about, NCC, Lord. And I want to be a part of that vision. And that's the heart that we're giving out of this morning to say, God, help us continue to move forward and see lives changed. And so I'm going to pray over this. If you're giving this morning, you can give in the offering. Once again, you can go online at some point this week and give towards that special offering. You can just mark, let's go offering. And we're believing that, that God is going to help us accomplish this vision. So let me pray over us as we prepare to give this morning. Lord, I thank you, first of all, that you are a God that is generous. Lord, you've rescued my life. You've saved me, God, when my life was broken, when my life was a mess. God, you gave of yourself so that I could know who you are. And God, you've done that for each of us in this room. And this morning, as we give, God, as we go above and beyond, Lord, to invest in your vision, God, to build your kingdom, to see lives change. I'm praying that you would use every dollar, Lord. Use it to make a difference, God. Use it to change lives. Use it to heal marriages and break addictions, God. And Lord, to build hope in a future, in a city, and in a community that needs that, God. We want to be that kind of church, Lord. And this morning, we're saying, let's go, God. Let's go and accomplish everything that you have asked of us, Lord. We're believing for that, and we pray this in your name. Amen. Let's give together, church.